I am speaking to you from the cabinet room at 10 Downing Street. This morning, the British ambassador in Berlin handed the German government a final note stating that unless we heard from them by 11 o'clock that they were prepared at once to withdraw their troops from Poland, a state of war would exist between us. I have to tell you now that no such undertaking has been received and that consequently this country is at war with Germany. England declared war on Germany on September 3rd, 1939. In the South Pacific, New Zealand was one of the first countries to become involved in the global conflict, which was to become World War II. In contrast to its entry into the First World War, this time New Zealand acted alone and declared itself formally at war with Germany. Unlike Australia, which still held that the King's Declaration, as in 1914, automatically extended to all his dominions. Officially, New Zealand's declaration of war was simultaneous with Britain's at the expiry of the British government's ultimatum to Germany to withdraw from Poland. 9.30pm New Zealand Standard Time, 11am British Summer Time. In fact, many New Zealand ministers and senior officials waited for the formal advice about the ultimatum and the Britain's declaration of war on Germany. When this was received, the then Prime Minister, acting Prime Minister Peter Fraser issued a statement confirming that New Zealand was at war. This is not an occasion for many words. It is a dark day in the history of the world. It is deep with regret and sadness that I make this announcement on behalf of the government and the people will receive it with similar feelings. That will not, however, affect the determination of both government and people to play their part. At 11.15am on the 4th of September, the Governor-General, Viscount Galway, cabled the Secretary of State of Dominions in London to advise the existence of a state of war with Germany had accordingly been proclaimed in New Zealand. The proclamation and Fraser's statement was widely reported in newspapers later that day. The official New Zealand proclamation was issued and signed by the Governor-General and Acting Prime Minister Peter Fraser at 3.30am September 4th, 1939. The words read, His Excellency the Governor-General has it in command from His Majesty the King to declare the state of war exists between the government and government of New Zealand and the government of the German Reich, and that such a war, state of war exists from 9.30pm New Zealand Standard Time on the third day of September 1939. New Zealand was at war with Germany. At 7pm on September 5th, Prime Minister Savage, who had been ill for some time with colon cancer, addressed the New Zealand people on national radio. We now have the very great pleasure 
of reintroducing to you the Right Honourable, the Prime Minister. And I am sure that the whole Dominion and beyond will have just as great pleasure in listening to his very strong and healthy voice as we have in transmitting it. The Right Honourable Mr. Savage. Good evening, everybody. In this critical hour of our own and the world's history, I feel that I should abuse my privilege of addressing you if I were to speak of matters affecting myself personally. For that reason, and that reason only, I say no more of a certain recent experience that I have had than this, that it has taught me, as nothing else could have done, how quick to kindness the people of this country can be, and how easily political and other differences are extinguished by sympathy and goodwill. Tonight I feel that I can say to all of you, with a sense of certainty that I have never quite felt before, thank you, friends, for your kindness that you have so generously shown to me. To my colleagues who have so loyally in these anxious times carried on the work of government in my absence, performing without complaint my tasks as well as theirs, I express my sincere gratitude, and I concur wholeheartedly in every decision they have made for the safety and well-being of the state. It is not my purpose tonight to state at length the issues involved in the conflict that has now begun, but I should like to tell you in a few sentences just how I see them. The war on which we are entering may be a long one, demanding from us heavy and continuous sacrifice. It is essential that we realize from the beginning that our cause is worth the sacrifice. I believe in all sincerity that it is. None of us has any hatred of the German people. For the old culture of the Germans, their songs, their poetry and their music we have nothing but admiration and affection. We believe that there are many millions of German people who want to live in peace and quietness as we do, threatening no one and seeking to dominate no one. But we know, alas, that such a way of life is despised and rejected by the men who have seized and hold power in Germany. We know that those who have done and are doing incalculable harm to the true interests of their country and that they are wasting and destroying the intellectual, artistic, moral and spiritual resources that their people have built up throughout the centuries. In doing this, they have for the time being cowed the spirit of a vast number of their best people. This work of destruction they have already carried into other countries, and despite denials, now intend to carry into Poland. If they succeed there, they will next attempt the overthrow of France and Britain. Let us make no mistake about that. Of course, they repudiate any such intention, but fortunately for the world, we know now what it has taken us a long time to learn that their promises are worthless, are made only to gain an advantage for the time being, and are broken 
as soon as that advantage has been secured. Not a moment too soon have Britain and France taken up arms against so faithless and unscrupulous an adversary. The fight on which we are now engaged is one whose issue concerns all nations of the world, whether as yet they realize it or not. We are fighting a doctrine that springs from a contempt of human nature, a doctrine that government is the affair only of a self-selected elite who, without consulting the people, may irrevocably determine what the people shall do and shall not do. The masses are to be used as instruments of power in the hands of their masters. They are to be given slogans and directed towards this or that objective approved by their masters. But never are they to be treated as free men, as individual and responsible souls. The individual man is submerged and forgotten. The intrinsic worthiness of his personality contemptuously ignored. Freedom of action and expression is denied to him. Dissent or criticism is brutally repressed. These are a few of the incidents of the Nazi philosophy that is seeking to thrust itself everywhere over Europe today and the rest of the world tomorrow. Nazism is militant and insatiable paganism. In short but terrible history, it has caused incalculable suffering. If permitted to continue, it will spread misery and desolation throughout the world. It cannot be appeased or conciliated. Either it or civilization must disappear. To destroy it, but not the great nation which it has so cruelly cheated, is the task of those who have taken up arms against Nazism. May God prosper those arms. I am satisfied that nowhere will the issue be more clearly understood than in New Zealand, where for almost a century, behind the sure shield of Britain, we have enjoyed and cherished freedom and self-government, both with gratitude for the past and with confidence in the future. We range ourselves without fear beside Britain. Where she goes, we go. Where she stands, we stand. We are only a small and young nation, but we are one and all a band of brothers, and we march forward with a union of hearts and wills to a common destiny. While New Zealand's Prime Minister was Michael Joseph Savage at the outbreak of World War II, it would be his deputy, Peter Fraser, who would lead the country during the war. He would become Prime Minister when Savage died on the 27th of March, 1940.